3: Amanda Ferguson. Amanda, good morning.
4: Good morning, Frank.
3: Any further forward in your analysis as to the shape of the Doyle, as to what might happen? Can Sinn Féin, with all the lefties, do something?
4: Well, that's certainly what they're aiming to do. I think uh, Mary Lou uh, MacDonald has uh, signalled her intention by appointing Pierre Saherty as the person to lead... Um, these these negotiations, you know, he would uh, be viewed along with Owen O'Brien, who's the, the housing spokesman, as, as people who are across their brief very well uh, and and some of the more impressive figures within uh, the Sinn Féin team. So, you know, I, I know before the election, Mary Lee McDonald had said her best outcome would be that sort of... Uh, coalition of the left, of people that they felt that they could work with as being the best outcome for Sinn Féin, um, and the worst outcome, she said, would be if Fianna Fáil and Fianna Gael were returned um, as a party, uh, parties of government, because that wouldn't uh, then reflect uh, the change that the, that they were seeking and, and the change that the electorate ha- have delivered, but it's a very very difficult one because it's so tight, it's so um, you know n- narrowly fought that it's it's kind of divided into into three. Uh, but certainly, I think with Sinn Féin being the poll toppers um, in the election, you know they got the first uh, the the most first preference votes, um, and it certainly does appear as if the the electorate has sent a signal that they want some sort of change. So to exclude Sinn Féin from government at this point, I don't think that will be an option. But if it's not possible to to form a government, then we really could be looking at another election.
5: Would first past
3: the post be a better system?
4: I don't think so. I think um, first past the post, when it, whenever you look at how it works out up here in, in Northern Ireland, it shows that it doesn't particularly work. You know, it benefits the the bigger parties and if you're on the smaller side of things, uh, you're you're unlikely to, to make much of a show in. I think that um, the way that we do the, the assembly seats, where you can transfer uh, to other parties, it gives them a better reflection. Of uh, of what uh, the public actually want, but in an ideal world, um, for me there would be compulsory voting, even if it was just uh, you know to go in and spoil your ballot. Uh, it would be great to get the, the true reflection of absolutely everybody of voting age in society, and uh, I'd be in favour of, of lowering that voting age as well to sixteen, because like wouldn't it be great, you know, uh, if we knew what absolutely everybody thought about the the formation of our government? And I think it would uh, make politicians uh, a little sort of uh, more on their toes. Uh, Than they they perhaps are at the moment. But no, I don't think First Past the Post is a great system at all. Um, No.
3: If Sinn Féin do manage to get into uh, government, and indeed there's still this outside chance of, of them uh, having the, 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 the role as, as Taoiseach for, for Mary Lou Macdonald if, if they're able to do this uh, are they being realistic about appointing a minister for unity is that something, Michelle O'Neill's talking about this is that is that something they're, they're really serious about
4: <laughs> Yes, well, um, I, I spoke to Jerry Adams ahead of the election um, for the Washington Post, and he's their Irish unity uh, spokesman. Much to the annoyance of some of the other parties, and essentially uh, the, the comments that, that he made were that everybody else is talking—excuse <coughs> me—everybody uh, else is talking about Irish unity aside from the Irish government. And uh, He very much felt that the the focus for Sinn Féin would be um, on a, on establishing like a citizens' assembly or some sort of forum uh, on the matter f- to deliver a white paper on it, uh, to deliver um, an arduous committee on it, and to finally actually deliver the referendum itself. You know, I don't know, I, I can't imagine it will be something that that happens. You know, in the next uh, year, anyway. But Sinn Féin have always said that uh, their 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 timeline has always been five years. Um, you know, I know that uh, previously Gerry Adams had said that he would like to if someone that when asked, you know, um, when would you like to see a unity referendum, he said yesterday. So it's very clear that it's their, their priority and while they're not the only Republicans on the island of Ireland, it does seem to be their, um, you know, main driving force, I suppose it's their, their purpose for, for existence. And they are now the only major party in, in both jurisdictions on the island. I know we have, you know, the input of the Greens on both sides of the border and some of the smaller parties like People Before Profit. Um but it, it must be something that Fena and Fenafall are conscious of and it would make you wonder why they aren't starting to think more along the thirty two county side of things because they're obviously trailing behind now, whenever they look to the electoral success that Sinn Féin has on both sides of the border. And I think that it's fair enough to, to talk it in terms that um, you know, the, the, the unity project is the direction of travel and the Good Friday Agreement provides for that border poll that was always going to happen. And I think that's just been accelerated mainly by Brexit, but it can't be ignored um, that uh, you know, Sinn Féin's success in, in, in the elections south of the border does have an impact on that. I know that it's not the main reason why people we're voting for Sinn Féin, it was more around wanting to change, around health and housing and, and, and all of those matters and uh, you know, people in, in the Republic not feeling as if they, they've benefited from the, the boom that Ireland's experiencing uh, but certainly it can't be dismissed the fact that when people were going in to put their number one beside Sinn Féin's name they know that they're an all-island party, they know that Irish unity was part of their manifesto so even if it wasn't specifically uh, what people were, every single voter was voting for, they certainly knew that it was in the mix and it, it, it'll be an issue for for a lot of voters, and I think the the poll in uh, on the way out of the the count centres uh, showed that for younger people in particular, they're they're most in favour um, of the re- reunification of Ireland. So it's certainly interesting times ahead.
3: Uh, as someone who does write for the Washington Post, what what do the Americans make of Sinn Fein's rise at the at the moment? Are they are they are they paying much attention?
4: Yes, well, internationally, people pay attention to what happens here, what happens in Northern Ireland, what happens in the Republic, but people are very interested in Ireland in general, you know, both jurisdictions, there's a lot of good goodwill for Ireland and I think that um, you know particularly with the, the, the team that I work with in America, um, my editor over in London, who used to be based in Jerusalem, he used to be based in Mexico. So he's very understanding um, of divided societies and borders and walls and all of those issues. Um, and I think that you know you only have to sh- to, to look at the the interest that, uh, that Irish America shows to hear that presidents show to hear you know the the annual St Patrick's Day celebrations. It's it's a big deal. Um, and I think that even though we're a small island, right, right on the edge of of, of the map, that um, there's certainly a lot of interest in what happens here. And I think also because Irish people um, make their home all over the world, and um, that that has an influence as well. You know, uh, it's often been said that an, an Irish pub is the thing that unites the universe.
3: That's an interesting quote, uh, Amanda. Always good to speak to you. But- Thank you. There's
4: one in every country
3: I've been to. I bet you've been able to find them. (laughs) Thank you, thank you. Uh, Amanda Ferguson with us here on U105. Uh, John Manley's with the Irish News. Good morning, John. Good morning, Frank. Uh, John, your headline: uh, speaking rights for MPs on cards in the new Doyle. <laughs> Pat the Tobin uh, suggesting uh, this. Do you, do you imagine our our MPs will be appearing in the in the Doyle? I, I presume the invitations open, or the the invitation would be accepted quite readily by Sinn Féin. But would, would others consider
6: it? Yes, well, uh, I think uh, the day is some way off when uh, Sammy Wilson gets up and addresses TDs uh, in Dublin. But um, I'd say I'd be exploring today, Frank, who... What MPs would be amenable to that opportunity? Uh, I think you know, in the context of Brexit, it certainly uh, becomes much more relevant and much more valid. It's not merely something that could be regarded as just symbolic, which it may have been pre 2016. Uh, so, so a, a good move, I think, uh, maybe a shrewd move on on uh, Patter's behalf. But he accepts himself that this may be a policy that is adopted by the. Incoming coalition, we managed
3: to get one. Yeah, but it would it lead to more division if you had, say, Sinn Fein, who don't go to Westminster, going into the Doyle occasionally to add to their numbers there to speak? Uh, the SDLP probably would uh, give it a fair wind uh, as well, but does it not emphasise division in Northern Ireland?
6: And um, if, if you, you could take that perspective, and I'm sure some will. But I think I, I, any opportunity for uh, politicians to raise the concerns of their constituents should be welcome. Uh, you know, in any form that offers that opportunity and uh, that, that opportunity should be applauded and embraced, I believe, you know, and uh, sooner or later, Unionists, uh, whether it's political unionism or uh, civic unionism, need to start engaging with with Dublin, with its political institutions. And this this provides that opportunity.
3: With regards to the formation of the government or the forming of, of a government, how long is it going to take? Do you see it coming together, John, as a political correspondent, or is there still the possibility of another election?
6: Of course, there's the possibility of another election. Uh, Mary Lou McDonald, as, as Amanda said, signalling that she wants that uh, coalition of the left, the Sinn Féin-led Rainbow Coalition. But uh, numerically, I'm not sure that stacks up. There are, you, you, you know, you can take all the independents, the Greens, the Social Democrats, People Before Profit. You add them all up, uh, but there's many independents there that are um, short. Uh, sorry, that are critics of Sinn Féin. So that leaves you short of the 80 majority. Now, you can form a minority government, you can make, get a confidence and supply deal with Fianna Foy, but those things are, uh, I think that's that's unlikely. Um, so there's there's a lot of, of, of negotiating and I think a, a, a lot of internal negotiating, even with Fianna Fáil faced the hardest question, I think, you know, Hall Martin Told said in the, in the campaign that he wouldn't go into government Sinn Fein. Then he moderates that immediately after he sees the result. Now that sort of consistency, I think it weakens his hand as a leader. You know, he's flip flopping all over the place. And anybody who is seeking to exploit any vulnerability, anybody within Fianna Fáil that is seeking to exploit his vulnerability, will will uh, seize on that opportunity. As will those outside to attack him. You know, so. um it's, it's all to play for. All the balls are up in the air still.
3: Any possibility of a government this side of Patrick's day?
6: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there, there is a possibility. Um, we took the last time, what, it took 70 days, uh, and even then you didn't have, you know, the, 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 the Sinn Féin... Uh, complicating matters in in that matter in the way that they had to, such a strong mandate, so uh, I, I'm not going to bet on it. But y- you, we would hope so. Uh, as a political correspondent, I'd, I'd rather not be reporting on every day on the, the sluggish, glacial effort to, to pull a government together.
3: Yeah, eventually people will, to further that analogy, glaze over. They absolutely, they absolutely will. Yeah, uh, yes. John, always good to talk to you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Frank. Uh, John Manley, uh, you can read about the speaking rights for MPs on the cards in the new Doyle. Who's calling for that on the front of the Irish News this morning? Oh two eight nine oh treble three one oh five oh double seven double six one oh five one oh five. Fra Fra's a point that he wants to make. Good morning, Fra. Morning, Frank.
5: How are you, buddy?
3: I'm very, very well.
5: Excellent, excellent. I was just phoning up. I mean, uh, obviously here the you know the, the headline news basically is Sinn Féin in negotiations with other parties to maybe lead the next government in the Doyle, if they don't uh, push for a second election. I'm just assuming then, if that's the case, that there is a real possibility if Sinn Féin formed the new government in the Doyle that Mary Lou Macdonald would become the new Taoiseach. And if that's the case... You know, in a year's time, Northern Ireland, depending on which part of the divide you live in, will be, will will be commemorating or celebrating uh, its birth in uh, in 1921. You're going to have a republican leader as Taoiseach Sucked and the Doyle pushing for national reunification in the centenary year of the birth of Northern Ireland. So, I think that's a seismic change uh, in itself. Going going forward, it's just to me the writing on the wall for. Uh, Northern Ireland PLC because national reunification is just a matter of time now, hopefully, through consent. You,
3: you feel it is, even though the argument has been very strongly put that the majority of representatives across this island are against a border poll. The, the Sinn Féin may ha- have the strongest vote, but if you put together everyone else's vote, it dwarfs Sinn Féin's, and those representatives aren't in favour of a border poll in the foreseeable future.
5: Well, let's let the people decide. That's what referendums and border polls are all about. Let the will of the people dictate the future kind of makeup of the nation. And interesting that you've picked, are using the term, or someone's using the term, all the people across the island when you add up all their votes. So I assume you're talking about the majority of unionists in the north who aren't in favour of a border poll. But the very fact that you're including them in an All-Ireland... I mean, they're being included as a reason not to have an All-Ireland... Border poll referendum. Yet at the same time, uh, you know, you're, you're talking about a, a unified vote or a, a part of the democratic process.
3: However, I'm talking primarily about representatives, people from other parties. For example, if we take a party that would be in favour of a United Ireland, but who are not in favour of a border poll at this moment in time, the spotlight would go on the SDLP.
5: Okay, well, I don't. I understand some of the rationale. I heard that lady that you had on yesterday. I thought she spoke very well. She was concerned about the, the, you know, concerned about uh, violence from the loyalist unionist kind of PUL community. Look, here's here's a point that I'd like to make very strongly. Right, I grew, I was born in 1963. 1963. I've grown up through the troubles. I heard a unionist mantra all the way through. Uh, my, my formative years and most of my adult life that said, while well, the majority of people in Northern Ireland want to remain in the United Kingdom, that's a democratic wish and will of the people. So, you know, let's have the democratic will of the people uh, espoused through a border poll and or referendum. If the SDLP don't, don't want one, uh, are they truly reflective of their voting base or is that just a party position they've taken because... Uh, they, they think reunification could come too soon. I'm a strong believer in let's have the vote, but let's put a date on it. Let's put 10 or 15 or 20 years. Let's have an arbitrary time where we say by, uh, what is this, 2020, by 20, by 2035, let's have the vote in the next year or two and put on the vote by 2035 do you want national reunifications and see what see, see what see that plebiscite is. So is that
3: is that, is that reunification come what may in 15 years time the Republic of Ireland could be on the crest of the wave, everyone might want to to be Irish because you get three times the salary and 50% of the, 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 the 50% less tax and you know it's, it's a dream health service and everyone sees it as some land of milk and honey. Or on the other side of the coin, it has gone to hell in a handcart, and even the Irish want out of it, but we'd still have to join it. Is Is that, is that the sort of plan you would have?
5: Frank, I will base my values uh, on monetary concerns. I Based my values on, on my morality and my compass for right and wrong. The partition of Ireland was wrong. It's unjustified. It's unjustifiable. People voted for. I understand when people bring up the Good Friday Agreement, they say, uh, well, the people of Ireland North and South voted. Well, the people in the South voted to take away Articles Two and Three from the Irish Constitution, which said that uh, you know uh, Ireland should be reunified and the British have no." Uh, call to, uh, to, to, to be here. But I, f- I feel a lot of that was done under the duress. People had a choice between do you want continued conflict or do you want peace. People voted for peace. People voted for the Good Friday Agreement. So when I call for national reunification, it's not because I'm saying you're going to get more money in United Ireland, you're going to have a better health service. To me, all, 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 all those things are, are central the people's lives but that shouldn't be around national reunification that should be around a form of government that we choose to elect that provides that for the people that doesn't have neoliberal austerity but has some form of a socialist managed economy where we'll have free education free health uh, we have subsidized welfare that, that's a governmental choice that we make as an electorate when i call for united ireland i call for for the reunification of ireland because partition Colonization and occupation by Britain was wrong and continues to be wrong in my eyes.
3: Mm, but, but so I, I, I'm, see, I'm seeing how you're going to. Come to your decision on it. Other people would look decision, at yeah. yes, other people would look at the Republic of Ireland and see the prices are higher, the taxes are higher, the health service is expensive, the health service is in crisis, housing is in short supply, and they may think to themselves, actually, I'm going to be so worse off that I have to maybe be a bit more selfish and think I don't really want
5: that. Yes, and I, I understand and respect that when you have a vote, be it in an election, be it in a referendum, be it for Europe, be it for for pro-choice, be it for uh, equal minds, everyone has to sit down and look at the pros and cons of the situation and decide what they want for them. I'm saying what I want is a national reunification uh, because of all the things I've already stated. If people want to put... Uh, you know what, well, we have these economic... Uh, boom and bust. I mean it's, it's it's in the Bible. Seven years of fat, seven years of lean. The capitalist system is causing everything that you just described, which is the rent increases, it is profiteering from uh, from speculation from speculation in the housing bubble. It's privatization. It's taking money out of the public purse, putting it into private banks and private corporations. So if if people want a society where 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 things are affordable and people have a quality of life, then we need to change the system that's in place that creates this. We can we can change we can change Fáil for Sinn for We can change, uh, you know, the DUP for Alliance for the sake of conversation. And no matter what we do, while the system is in place, it's a system that creates uh, this kind of what would you call it? Uh, the inequality between the rich and the poor, between the haves and the halves. Not so unless we change the system. Frank, we'll continue to have this conversation in another 10 to 15 years, but hopefully that conversation will be within the context of United Ireland.
3: Okay, okay. Uh, Fra, very clear. 105, 66, 105, 105 Good morning to you. Just looking at some of the texts and the emails. Uh, Jeff saying, interesting analysis uh, from Fra. He is, as you said, Frank, uh, looking at it in the round. Uh, what else is popping up here? Uh, this one says, as always, uh, Frank, you show your true colours when talking about Sinn Féin. Uh, why don't you go and live in the south and get a uh, better uh, health and pay less tax. And whoever told you you could do that, uh, their voices lied. Uh, Pauline, I don't think you heard the question that I asked of Fra when I suggested to him that in the South, the taxes would be higher. In the South, the prices are higher. In the South, the health service is in crisis. In the South, there is a shortage of housing. These are
0: some of the points that i
3: put to him because he's prepared to vote for a United Ireland almost come what may because he believes it is the right thing to do so Pauline I'm not sure at what point you're you're making on the, the back of, of that. Uh, this one says uh, "Shin Féin seemed to think every Catholic wants a United Ireland. Here's my view as a Protestant at least one third of middle class Catholics will vote for the status quo to lifestyle, money, health and everyday living costs says Johnny in Antrim. Johnny, uh, good morning Morning to you. Is that how you actually feel about it? That at the end of the day, if there is a border poll, will you vote looking at we have the British option, we have the Irish option, let's consider where we'll be in the future if we go with the British option? Or where we'll be in the future if we go with the Irish alternative. Is that the way you look at it? Or will you? And I've I've spoken to many people who will simply vote for a united Ireland. They don't care. They're going to vote for a united Ireland when they get the chance. They believe that it is right that Ireland is united. Ireland should never have been divided. And they're confident that if the country was united, they could make a darn good job of it. So they're not going to look at the option of the possibility of staying in Britain as being a better alternative. And likewise, there are many people who I've spoken to who under no circumstances would leave the link with Britain because that's what they were born into and that's what they firmly believe is their birthright. So are you going to jump because you're, in inverted commas, to simplify this, Irish? Are you going to stay because you're British or... Are you going to look at the wider picture and make up your mind? In other words, you're undecided. Uh, let me speak to Geordie. Geordie, good morning.
8: Good morning, Frank.
3: Are you undecided, Geordie? If there was a border poll tomorrow morning, would you would you vote to, for a united Ireland? No. Is that because you're undecided or you're British to the core? No, Frank. It's
8: because I look at it in a sensible fashion as opposed to the romantic notion. But what I would like to put to, you and put to your uh, listeners, how do they imagine that people who consider themselves to be British would be treated if there was reunification of Ireland? Taking into consideration how Protestants and people who even identified as Irish were treated after Britain pulled out of the 26 counties, now known as the Irish Republic. They were ethnically cleansed, Frank. There's a lot of glorification, there's a lot of chants of up the ra, there's a lot of the sounds with Irish TDs, Shintane TDs. These people are glorifying uh, murder and sectarian hatred and bitterness that have taken place over this last almost hundred well over a hundred years and that would continue right Anyone who identifies as British would be dealt with
3: do you really, do you really believe that? Do you really believe that, Jordy, on the back of two Sinn Féin TDs losing the run of themselves and and singing when they got uh, elected? Do you do you really believe that the the Protestant people of Northern Ireland would be would be, as you say, ethnically cleansed from this island? Do you do you really believe that?
8: Yes, I do, and I don't think I'm alone in that belief. Do you really believe
3: it? you 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 don't see an Ireland that would include the tradition of the Ulster Protestant as being central to the history of the country that involves 32 counties. It would be almost like the political version of the Irish rugby team. Could you not see that?
8: Frank, I don't believe that could happen within at least three or four generations. Protestant people living in the Republic of Ireland at this time are they feel safe they feel secure and they feel confident but it has taken three or four generations for those people to feel that way and yes they are totally integrated into the Irish society however like I say three or four generations down the line those people feel that way their forefathers didn't yeah, but, 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 but,
3: but, but George do you not accept it, that this is 2020 and not 1920
8: I accept that this is 2020 Frank and that's even more the reason you said there uh, just before you brought me on air that there are people on yes I vote for you then, there and I don't care if it means a more so we'll all be happy together. Frank they're trying another romantic notion which existed strongly 100 years ago today. It's not about what flag you play. It's not about what you call the name of the street or who you call it after or what you do on a Sunday morning, what place of worship you go to. It's to do with how you provide for your family, how you keep a roof over your head, how you keep the wolves from your door. Uh, those are the things that people have got to realize. Now, if you go down into the south of Ireland, there is a lot of poverty down there, Frank. There's a lot of people working and they're earning good money. They're standard living is no better because of it, because their costs are so dear. People should realize that, they should look at it in that respect. But also, the unionist, the Protestant, the people who relate as British in Northern Ireland have got to look out for their personal safety and that of their families. And I think a lot of them would be concerned about that. Yesterday, is a habit of repeating itself, Frank
3: okay uh, one one final one final question to you, Geordie, just on it, because you' you are again you're you're like previous callers you're crystal clear, crystal clear there's no ambiguity here at all so the the final question to you Geordie, uh, would be, and it's it is hypothetical, but I'll ask it to you anyway, if the Republic of Ireland over the next few years became a land of milk and honey where everyone was so well off that they were just coining it, would you be drawn to? Being in a United Ireland then?
8: No. What good's your wealth if, you, if, if you're uh, six foot under in the in the graveyard, Frank?
3: All right that's a serious worry a serious serious worry Geordie, I really appreciate your input on that that highlights that highlights the, the fear that that exists in the unionist loyalist community of any possibility any possibility at all of a border poll leading to a united ireland let me let me speak to a, another man from unionist circles who appears on on twitter a lot and argues the unionist cause and comes on radio Programs the length and breadth of the UK. Gary, Gary, good morning. Morning, Frank. How you doing? I'm I'm very well, um, Gary. Your opinion?
7: I just I rang in on the back of Fra's call. I've listened to Fra for many a year now. So I've am watched him um, on social media. I mean, Fra's version of the United Ireland explained to you there would would be akin to Venezuela. You know, free money for everybody and free free this and free that, but. Um, um, you know, extra health care because, I mean, Fra's politics, in my opinion, if you listen to him and, and you follow him, would be, you know, he would make Jeremy Corbyn look like um, Nigel Farage. He's that far to the left. But let, let me get on to a couple of couple of his points that that he made to you. You know, um, it's all very well saying that, that he has an aspiration to that, and, and that's all that's all good. And he wants a, he's calling for a, a unity referendum. You know. Um, sooner rather than later. Seeing me as a unionist, I, I, I don't fear a, union, a unity referendum because I'm on the ground and I see, I see what, what, what's actually going on in the country during the day. Now, granted, the healthcare system needs needs um, a lot of money just to bring it up to speed, as you mentioned earlier on. But overall, your your quality of life is better off up here. But the, the reason I don't don't fear a unity, or I I don't want a, a unity referendum, is because. I have no no I have no question in my mind at all that that unionists would win it or the, the pro union vote would win it, but it's the, it's the terms of the Good Friday Agreement then that kicks in that it's every seven years. Now my fear would be for the community as a whole across Northern Ireland, and I'd include both communities, and that what incentive would Republicans have there? You know, for the next seven years to work towards. Um, a, a, a good quality of life for us all. You know, their incentive would be to make not North Northern Ireland not work and have a bad quality of life, hoping that people would look down south, you know, even if it was a wee bit better and say, look, we would probably be better off down there. It's time to move out of the UK. So my, my, my fears as a unionist and other unionist fears is the fact that it would be every seven years and and, and Sinn Féin in particular, but Republican parties or Republicans activists making Northern Ireland not work. And also, I, I've listened to Marie-Lou MacDonald over the last few days calling for the EU to step in and, and, and back a unity referendum and back Irish unity. Well, I mean, how could you even, even consider that there? What about then Catalonia stepping in and asking for the same, the Basque country stepping in, asking for the same, you know, other parts of Europe and, and, and even the SNP stepping in and saying, well, if they get it, if, if you take that policy in line with them, and we want that as well. So just, that would be four nations, say, you know, ready, ready to step into Europe on top of who's in the queue to get in. At the minute, where's the money coming from with the with the Britain's budget out of it? You know, and, and, and the the Irish budget I follow this closely, the Irish budget's going up to over two point seven billion. They're in that contributor now to Europe. So on top of the, the, the problems that they have down there at the moment, Marie Lou will be looking the the twenty thousand on our waiting list, 1,000 waiting list brought into the Irish Republic, you know, there was Irish Unity. The the Health Service up looking at that's on top of everything down there, on top of their their EU budget going up to two point seven million. You know, it's just complete madness to call for anything like that, and and in the very near future. I mean, in the next decade alone.
3: But the biggest you know, worry you have in all of that analysis, Gary, the biggest worry you have is the calling off a border poll because of the seven-year rule.
7: Yes, Frank, because you know, and I include both communities in this. I'm I'm a, I'm an unrepentant Unionist, stroke loyalist. You know, I will always vote to remain within within the United Kingdom. Um, that, that's that's my That's my right and my policy, as is the right of someone from the falls or somewhere else and they're now to, to vote for Irish unity.
3: You're prepared, but, but however, I, I, but this is the important thing. Even if your family at some time in the future economically was better off, you'll still hitch your wagon to the crown.
7: Yes, absolutely. And I mean, I, I'm unrepentant about that. What I would do too is, um, you know, rather than go down the route where, where the country has, have, has had for... Uh, well, three, three different sets of troubles. But the, in the last four or five decades, I would do it—you know—internally, politically, democratically, and try and, and change people's minds again. But yes, my, my policy and my, and my point will
3: always be to remain part of the UK. OK. Well, Gary, uh, thank you. 02890-333-105 105 105 Going to take some more of your calls uh, very shortly. Uh, your opinions are vital to the programme and thank you for expressing them. Why should I vote for uh, a all Ireland when the orange men can't show their own culture off down south except down a country lane? Is down a country lane, is that an example being Ross Naylor, I thought Ross and in Donegal is one of the most successful orange Orange parades on the island of Ireland and it's obviously Ross Nile is in Donegal as we've suggested uh, Frank if there is a united Ireland and loyalist violence breaks out who's going to deal with it? The Irish army or do they pay the British army uh, to come back over? Uh, says Stephen well, Stephen it's not as if everyone's just going to leave overnight um, Frank I would be worried about the rise of English nationalism uh, than Irish nationalism we could find ourselves uh, out in our rear unless we start standing on our own two feet and not taking the begging bowl uh, to Westminster. A united Ireland is just as much an outcome from the breakup of the union as it is uh, from Irish nationalism, uh, says John. And this one says if the republic ever prospers, I'll eat my hat. 220 billion owed to the EU. 8 billion owed to Britain who bailed them out from bankruptcy. Having to put more money into the EU pot each year because the UK has left. Frank, your hypothesis is from cuckoo land. It was a suggestion. The hypothesis earlier as we paint a picture, a hypothetical picture for people who may be looking to the future. Johnny has uh, some points he wants to briefly make and it'll have to be brief, Johnny, but go ahead.
1: Uh, Frank, thank you. Um, Just, uh, it's amazing the soundbite of politicians, um, Mary Lou saying about the direction of travel. I suppose it's always been a direction of travel for Republicans um, towards United Ireland and we all know the history of that there and now it's a democratic one. But I think it's very disingenuous offer to say that unionism or whatever you want to call it doesn't have a majority potentially um, to vote against United Ireland because the last I looked at it, the Alliance Party may not be Unionist in their colours, but I myself have experience with dealing with people in the Alliance Party, and I met one lady who was very traditionally, um, very upper middle class, Northern Irish Protestant, and another woman who was a wee Catholic from West Belfast, and both of them were adamant that they wouldn't be in favour of the United Ireland. But there's a great irony in this, Frank. What is the actual appetite in both the countries for an actual border poll, apart from Sinn Féin bringing this to the agenda. I mean, are the people of the South... I'd be interested... To, I think we need a poll, ironically, about a poll. I mean... <laughs> do it, people
3: like South talks about talks. You're than. going to have a poll to say, do you yes. want a poll?
1: Well, but yes, yes. You know, so, I mean, is there an appetite down South? If they were asked even in... Uh, would, would you like a unification poll in the next five or ten years? It'd be interesting to see what the appetite is, because really I think the appetite for actually Northern Ireland and, and the Republic. They're very similar things. We all want the same things in the sense we want a good education, better lifestyle, better health service, better uh, housing, all those cliches. So I don't know that actually the unification issue is always going to be there. But see right now, Frank, it needs to be just put aside. And I think both North Northern Ireland and the Republic of Ireland need to concentrate on actually governing the best for their people and giving their people what they need and I don't think, I think Mary Lou going on about the direction of travel, which is a fantastic soundbite, fair play there, nobody seems to really challenge her properly on what that actually uh, ultimately looks like going forward if potentially we get a vote, as I think she's maybe said in 2025. I don't think even by 2025 there's an appetite for a vote, certainly amongst the majority of, shall I say, people both in Northern Ireland and the Republic of Ireland.
3: Johnny, uh, thank you. As you're speaking, uh, Trevor is also in my other ear, and he's a point that he wants to make. Uh, Johnny, thank you. Uh, Trevor, go ahead.
5: Thank you, Frank. Um, Good morning, Frank. I was just wondering, um, money
7: talks, and is there going to be any provision or any idea what's going to happen to government pensions? The government's been the biggest employer in Northern Ireland for most of my lifetime, and will those move to the Irish state under Mary Lou's thoughts or would they stay with the British state or, you know, what would happened
3: to us all? These are questions that uh, no doubt uh, at some time in the future will be answered, uh, Trevor. Uh, many are being asked this morning. If you're just joining us, good morning. Next up, Robert on the U105 phone-in. Uh, not that Robert. No, not that Robert. Uh,
2: go ahead, Robert. No, this is another Robert. Frank, good morning. Just a point that the politicians and Sinn Féin, etc., haven't addressed um, a lot, if we're heading for any form of United Ireland, obviously within the EU, a lot of the Sinn Féin support comes from the high-density population areas of Belfast, Derry, etc. Now, I actually rang Sinn Féin to get an answer to this question and couldn't get it. For one reason or another, folk in these areas depend on benefits such as DLA and PIP, um, and they require, the, I think, believe there's a care and, component, a care and mobility component. And if we become united, will this disappear? Do these folk realise before they put an X on for uh, reuniting the island that they may be used losing a major part of their income, um, which I believe is very substantial? Uh, or will this be taken up by the EU and these people will not be any worse off financially?
3: Yeah, but you make it sound like as if the, uh, there's going to be a flick of a switch and Britain leaves. Uh, Britain wouldn't be leaving under those circumstances. There would be, there would be and I, I, I have no idea what the figure is, yeah. but there'd be considerable, with capital letters, compensation on exit.
2: Yes, but it is still it is still exit, and a little bit further down, the people that are um, looked after, people who have been injured or whatever in the troubles, um, and who will survive for a considerable time to come, hopefully, uh, and there are a vast number of them or people who are receiving benefits like this. Um, they will, at some stage, lose them or probably lose them, and when I asked Sinn Fein, did the was her electorate? Aware of this, or did they know what the um, uh, possible consequences would be? I was told, "No, we, we, we haven't got any idea about this at all." And it might just be worth airing it at some stage in greater depth because the politicians have actually conveniently ignored it as well.
3: Interesting point. Oh, I've only thirty seconds. You can give me a brief yeah, exactly. answer. An- a brief, a brief answer break. on this. But do you think a, a, a person in need in Northern Ireland is is any better off than a person in need in the Republic of Ireland?
2: Absolutely, you do feel that. Having you do, a, yeah, having, having discussed it with friends down there, they say absolutely.
3: Okay, okay, because there, are, you know, there are benefits in the Republic of Ireland, but uh, of the gentleman Robert here uh, feels they're much more generous in this part of the world. Uh, this is the U one hundred and five phone in. How's the form with you this morning?